0: Hi and welcome back to the next episode in the For Dog's Sake podcast. As always, you've got me, Louise Campbell-Pearson, founder of Canine Friends Training and Behaviour.
1: Yeah, hi, I'm Jay Gurdon. I am the founder of Blue Mel Minion and also run Good Guardianship. Yeah,
0: Jay does a lot. Jay's got a lot on her plate. Um, Today, in this episode, we just thought it'd be really good to talk about a topic which actually isn't talked about a lot. And one we think is really, really important and one we're both quite passionate about. And that is that having a dog can be hard. I don't think everyone, you know, it's all about... Training and having the perfect dog and all these things, and actually, it can be really hard. And it's hard no matter who you are, if you're a trainer, behaviourist, any whatever you do, even if it's outside of the world of working with animals, it is hard. And I think the expectation that people have on on people and their dogs is can cause can cause some problems. So that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, th- there is such an expectation that everybody has dogs so it must be easy and that dogs will just fit seamlessly into life and the reality is that's just not how it goes no matter who you are whether you're first time dog owner a canine professional you know whether you've
0: got years of training under your belt things happen it's yeah that's the thing it's not always what you know you predict it to be um and you know you can have all the skills in the world and that does not mean it's not hard and it's completely unpredictable and i think that you know there's this expectation that we have to have perfect dogs and more so if your dog isn't perfect that it's your fault and we're here to tell you it's not obviously there are sometimes things you could could have done better but if you don't have the knowledge then how can you how is that your fault and equally if you do have the knowledge Sometimes it's completely outside of your control. And that's what we know as, as canine trainers and behaviorists, it isn't always your fault. And there's this stigma around, you know, you need to have a perfect dog and it's your fault if it's not. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: We're both canine pros and yet we've both experienced the not perfect dog. You know, we know all the stuff, we know all what what we're supposed to do to have things turn out perfectly. And it just doesn't always, you know, and it can be things that are under your control, things that are out of your control, nature. There are
0: so many things that that play into it. And, by the way, it's totally okay. Like, it so needs to be normalized. And, and the thing is, is that with the pandemic and, you know, everyone getting dogs and, and this kind of mass influx of of dogs in, in the world. Um, and kind of, unfortunately, breeders not really knowing what they're doing sometimes. Not all breeders. There are some fantastic breeders out there that dedicate their lives to it. But... Lockdown to bring a lot of that, and and it it just is. It's all been compounded. Now there's a lot of dogs out there with a lot of problems, and a lot of owners feeling like they can't reach out for help, and feeling like you know, oh, it's on me, and I and I've chosen to do this, and you know, you should have the perfect dog, and if not, you're a failure. And I think that's really what we want to touch on today. We're going to talk a little bit about our own experiences. You know, we, as Jay said a minute ago, we both had. The experiences of not having the perfect dog and it not going how you expected. And it is hard. It is hard. And um, yeah, I thought Jay's Jay's got a fantastic story about kind of um, what brought her in to do what she's doing now. And it really relates to how having a dog can be hard. So I thought, you know, we'll start off there. Um, so Jay, you know, tell us tell us your story. Um,
1: I have border collies. I've always had border collies for More years than I care to think about, and I thought I knew them really, really well. You know, I've trained working dogs, I've worked with dogs. So, when the time came a few years ago to add another collie to the family, you know, no problem. But this dog was not like any other dog that I'd had before. He was scared of things that just. He's special. He's extremely (laughs) special, yes. He's very special. He's very (laughs) special. I sort of, I officially call him complex and sensitive, but special does does sum him up quite well. He is scared of almost everything. And I'd not really encountered this before, not to to the
0: level that he is. As a trainer behaviourist, like, you think, um, you kind of do, I guess, if I'm being honest, think like, oh, something must have been done wrong. You know, if I if that was my dog, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. I, you know, I would have done counter conditioning and done all these things. And you've learned... Is so not the case It's so not the case And it's made us both better At what we do I mean, Oh, to, to sort of really go
1: with that There was a couple of weeks ago Where um, someone came to the house And that's something That he's not very good with So we actually I took him I remember
0: you telling me out, this in yeah. the back garden <laughs> oh God.
1: Yeah. Took him out into the back garden To be out of the way And my husband Answered the door And he explained that there was a dog barking in the street and he explained that it wasn't ours because he's out in the garden. And um, this guy came out. oh yes, I'm a dog behaviourist, so you've made your dog reactive, have you? Oh, and God. it's just, just like, when my husband told me this, when I came back
0: in, I was just like, what?
1: <laughs>
0: you know, nobody does that. That's not how it works. Um, no, anyone that knows anything about anything knows it's just not how it works. No. You don't make your dog... Um, the way that they are and much like we don't make our children the way that we are obviously nature versus nurture there's certain experiences which we'll delve into in in other episodes but you know you can't deliberately go have reactivity issues and be scared of everything you know a bomb-proof dog doesn't end up like that other dogs do without anything you're doing wrong doing anything wrong yeah
1: but yeah like I say I'd not encountered one like him so I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. You know, he was, he was sort of showing a bit of fear to things. Well, OK, so we need to show him more things and more things and more things. And he just he could not cope. He really could not cope. And I have this clear memory of the day that he first kicked off at somebody because he just this guy had come over to say hello. And he was about four or five months old so not very big and this guy kind of bent over him to say hello and he shot behind my legs and started barking Mm. the guy he wouldn't back off just would not back off and kept sort of you know leaning more and more over him and anybody that's had any experience with reactive dogs will be familiar with the the barking
0: the lunging yeah please leave me alone please yeah go away
1: because a bark
0: by the way is a please a bite is a you know expletives but you know a a bar can you know please leave me alone I really want some space
1: (laughs) yeah and this guy he just wasn't listening to to what what he was saying and until eventually he sort of lunged and you know there were he didn't bite he didn't actually snap but he lunged and he was yeah he was sort of showing his teeth in a I've got weapons and if you don't leave me alone you'll force me to use them and it was the way that guy looked at me what what have you done to make your dog like that? And I'm standing there with this dog, this absolutely adored dog. You know, from the moment we picked him up, I loved the very bones of him. And there's this guy, you know, how have you made your dog like that? And my, the lowest point of my life with Finn was he was about six months old and someone told me to take him home and shoot him. Oh, And yeah, that just floods of tears, you know, feeling like an absolute failure you
0: know i've ruined this dog it was just horrendous and like just to like circle back having a dog can be hard and like this is this isn't even just you know the actual day-to-day training and all of that that has to go in when you've got a dog with behavioral issues like the actual emotional toll it can take on you as a human is 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 you can't even explain it and the problem is as well as people don't understand a lot of the time unless they're in your position and i hope people don't get in our position with dogs with behavior issues because it's draining but um you know it's hard and of course that's gonna make you feel awful because it's an awful thing to say to someone
1: one of the things that really worries me is how many people would then go away and you know that dog is condemned to death because they're
0: not understood oh such a good point you know like what if that's said to the wrong person yeah And they get the dog put down because they feel like that's their only option. And by the way, it's not your only option. Um, And we are living proof that it's not your only option. But we get feeling like you don't have many options, totally. But yeah, it is. Can you imagine? I mean, I just, I could never personally ever say that to anyone. I think you've got to have a few things wrong with you to maybe say that to someone. Or perhaps be going through something, you know. Um, But... I mean, gosh, that must have been hard It was
1: extremely, extremely hard And actually, it was just after that That I started putting in some serious research To try and find out what was going on And that's when I stumbled over this term reactive dog And I read this description And it was like I was going down a list You know, tick, tick, tick Of all these things
0: It's like when you Google diagnose yourself Yeah oh yes I've got that you know tick I've got everything not saying that's what you did but you know like oh yes I've got all of those symptoms (laughs) luckily
1: I stumbled over a good source Um, yeah no exactly (laughs) and uh, that that is actually sort of what set me off onto the path where I am now was I started off just learning what I needed to know for this one particular dog Mm -hmm. and that has evolved into a passion for helping others in that situation because I remember so well that feeling of standing there and feeling totally alone and an utter failure that you know Mm -hmm. I had messed up this this dog and of course now I know all the different factors that go into making a dog complex and sensitive and you know there are things that I did wrong you know hands up there are things that I got wrong there are things that were out of our control as you said we're going to go into this in further detail in later ones but There is very, very rarely going to be a situation where it is all down to what a dog's people have done to make them the way they are.
0: A hundred percent. And also, like I touched on as well, and it's something that amazing Julie Naismith said to me in one of our sessions. I'm doing her SA Pro course at the moment, which, by the way, if you have a dog with separation anxiety, look up on SA Pro. They're amazing. Um, And she said to me is Even if the owner did something wrong, in inverted commas, they didn't know that it was wrong. So it's very different to someone knowingly know what they're doing is wrong and having the knowledge to know it's wrong and still doing it versus not knowing, like intent's such a big thing. And whilst you and I could go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's something that we shouldn't do, like there's nothing wrong with someone and no, no one should ever be made to feel bad for doing things they didn't know were wrong and that's what's key you know and yes. and even when you do know what's right it's not always the easiest thing to have to do that day in day out and do the right thing you know sometimes you slip up as well um and and you know don't do the perfect thing and that's totally okay we're human but yeah you know as she said like intent's so important and how can you be doing something wrong when you didn't even know it was wrong um, and I, I think that you know if you're listening to this you're doing the right thing already by going I need to to listen to someone else and and hear that this is not normal or and, and that it is also normal that having a dog can be hard by the way you know that but what we're saying is is that certain things can be helped and reaching out for the right help and getting the right support that's not judged is so so important because having a dog can be hard and and us as professionals Jay and I have formed a real good friendship through helping each other through various different things. And a lot of that is to do with our dogs. And in fact, I mainly got in touch with Jay in the first instance, because I was really struggling with my own dog and just needed someone to reach out to that I felt like wasn't going to judge me. But we'll, we'll touch on my my story in a minute. Uh, Jay, you've done such a wonderful thing with, with, with your boy and you still are and, and you should be proud because it's hard. I, I am. I'm very
1: proud of him. He's come a really really long way Um, what he has really taught me and so many people that I've actually talked to about him that dog that you see who is reacting who is lunging and barking that is not the entire reality of that dog because he is the soppiest dog at home with his people he is just a great big love bug he really is Um, he's just scared and, yeah, he's just telling the world to go away in the only way that he has. Yeah. Because it's scary. And it works, though. That's the thing. Um... And dogs do what works. They always do what works. Yeah, exactly. You make a really, really good point. The importance of having people that you can talk to, because, as you say, we're both professionals. Things go wrong for us as well. So we have those, those connections and those networks of people that we can talk to for that non-judgmental kind of conversation and sometimes you you do just need to get it all off your chest a bit and just sort of you know decompress yep, totally And there's nothing wrong with that at all that doesn't mean that you don't like your dog it doesn't mean you don't love your dog it doesn't mean that you are not doing what your dog needs you to do and what you need to do as a, a unit Let, like, let's be honest they can be
0: pricks oh absolutely oh like luna Can be an absolute asshole. Yeah (laughs) I love her More than anything In this world And I honestly swear I could kill for her Like But I I, She's I'm I'm like You're being a prick today Leave me alone Like And there's nothing wrong with that Someone
1: asked me once What is the thing That you say most often To your dog And I said Please don't be a dick (laughs) (laughs) It's not being a dick But that's (laughs) That's just how We get it out of our systems (laughs)
0: Yeah (laughs) to be able to be human in this you know and and not you know as much as like we say to our clients dogs aren't robots they can't perform perfectly neither can we we're not robots we have emotions you know the same stuff we tell clients which is by the way you know don't be too hard on yourself you know and that your dog is only um you know your dog has emotions your dog has needs and that's okay and they don't shouldn't be expected to be perfect the same logic should apply to us we can't be perfect all the time um so but going back to jay your your story i just kind of wanted to ask you a a few more questions and i know you mentioned about that that thing that that person said to you once about um uh going home and and you know doing the most unthinkable thing to your dog um Aside from that, what have you found has been your hardest? Uh, what you found hardest, and it might you might not even be to do with reactivity. Just as being a dog owner in general, it might be related to your to your most recent dog. But yeah, what's your hardest thing that you found about having and or training a dog? I, I think
1: certainly in terms of Finn, my current boy, it has been the attitudes of other people. Everybody has an opinion on me and my dog, and that is something that really irritates me because it's this is my dog my home my life our home you know he has every right to have an opinion on what goes on just like we do i think one of the things that a lot of people tend to forget when thinking about having dogs is these are sentient creatures with Mm -hmm. their own minds or like what a two and a half year old yeah Yeah, yes you're living with a toddler
0: the yeah, whole the time, forever.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I think I'd rather have a dog.
1: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: No offense to <laughs> kids are yeah. great, but yeah. yeah, I don't have kids yet, so
1: <laughs> we're allowed to say that at yeah. the moment. I, I, I'm now getting towards being too old to have kids, so I have dogs. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite happy with my life choices. Other people's expectations, I think, is probably one of the things that I do find the hardest. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, with you on that totally. And having a dog who is reactive, especially like Finn, he is reactive to other dogs, he is reactive to people that he doesn't know, and it can make
0: your world feel very small. I don't know about you, but I find myself often apologising. I'm so, you know, you may not do that um, anymore, but where Luna's only seven months old, I often end up... finding myself I'm, I'm really sorry like I promise we're working on it you know I'm not just ignoring it and and I feel like I end up having to justify the fact that I am there's expectations there's also a dog trainer um and or behaviorists like you know that you should have the perfect dog um and I think I sent you once this this screenshot of some some trainer without any qualifications had put up like oh the the things that you should look for in a good dog trainer are that their dogs are perfectly trained and it's like the fact that you've or perfectly behaved, I should say, um, is what they said. And the, if you know anything about dogs and canine behaviour, is um, there is no such thing as a perfectly behaved dog. We can't control them. like They're their own beings. We can help them through training and things like counter-conditioning and desensitisation to help dogs with behavioural issues, but they are their own person, uh, or dog. <laughs> they have their own... Separate mind and thoughts yeah. and feelings, and as we said, the science is, is is indicated that it's about the level of a cognitive development of a two and a half year old. So quite advanced, actually,
1: really, yeah, and quite independent. You know, the you know, yeah. sort of very, yeah. very we all independent know those toddlers, but can also get themselves into trouble. Yeah, and the thing is, so many of the behaviours that people see as problems, they're actually perfectly natural normal dog behavior they just don't fit so well into the human world
0: totally oh that's so true And, and it really it annoys me because i end up being a bit like i actually am okay with the behavior that luna is exhibiting for example barking because she's scared i'm working on her to help her not feel scared so she doesn't bark but the fact that she's barking in itself is natural and shouldn't be punished and um you know this expectation that you know owners like oh the dog barks a couple of times it's annoying i wanted to stop i'm going to get a, a you know an e-collar to stop the dog from ever barking and it's like excessive barking yes that's usually due to perhaps some sort of underlying perhaps behavioural problem obviously you know each case is individual but you know then of course there's some things you can do but a dog barking every now and then because dogs bark by the way is totally okay and you end up being embarrassed sometimes I catch myself sometimes when Luna barks in the garden because she's fearful and it's a new place still we've just moved and I'm I end up being like come in come in like because I'm thinking oh my god the neighbors know my dog trainer they're all going to judge me because they think I haven't got my dog under control and then there's just just unrealistic expectation that you put on yourself you put on your dog and it just fails you both
1: yeah that that thing of being under control is such an excellent point because that again it plays into what i've said earlier about people's expectations there is this expectation that dogs will be micromanaged that you know they don't do a thing without the permission from from the humans and that that's
0: just that's no way to live it's not it's not as ethical trainers it's just not the way we we are as ethical people uh, you know forget even trainers not because a lot of people listening to this won't be trainers and as ethical people and people that care about animal welfare it's not something that I personally want for my dog and I find myself justifying it
1: exactly the same that you know there are things that that I let my dogs do that other people don't and I get told that I'm permissive and I don't view it as being permissive we just we live in as harmonious a way as possible Finn, with his issues, his world can be extremely small. So I make what world he has got hmm. as pleasant for him as possible. And so in that way, then it's as pleasant for me as possible because we just coexist happily.
0: I always think, like, you need to think about what you'd want for yourself. And if you were in Finn's position, for example, would you want for someone to force you into things all the time that made you feel uncomfortable and then t- and then punished you when, when you said, I'm really uncomfortable? You know, it's you know if you if it's not something you'd want done to yourself then don't do it to your dog and and you yeah we're sort of edging a little bit onto our soapbox here but um just that expectation to bring back to our uh, point of this episode is it is hard all round that expectation unrealistic expectation on canine professionals or just dog owners Is, is just all round it It's hard, it is hard And we, if anyone's listening And can relate to this, we totally hear you And yeah, we totally Get how that feels Because we feel it every day
1: oh, Yeah, absolutely absolutely. I think, do you have these Sort of these images of What a dog should be Take for instance, there was a film recently I can't remember the name of it, it was Channing Tatum and a Malinois
0: I've not seen it, but that sounds great.
1: (laughs) Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum and a dog. Yes, please. Yes. I think we're ageing slightly off topic here, but yeah, okay, I'll I'll agree with that. (laughs) Magic Mike with dogs, yay! (laughs) He was wearing clothes in the bits that I saw. Shame. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, then you're going to have this kind of structured relationship that you see on screen, Mm. and we're both you know, educate professionals, we have a pretty good understanding of certain breeds and their requirements. And you have this nightmare of people Mm -hmm. who will see a Malinois being, you know, doing everything that that they're told on the screen and thinking, yeah, that would make the perfect family dog for me with my 18-month-old toddler. Oh, yeah. You know, and (laughs) you've got people who actually understand the breed I mean I've had border collies my entire life I would not go anywhere near a Malinois that is too much dog for me
0: yeah oh my god they're, they're intense <laughs> by the way a Malinois because a lot of people don't necessarily know what they are they they kind of look like a German shepherd but with shorter fur and, and 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 how would you describe what one what one looks like? The, if ever you see, like, the videos or the pictures like, the security dogs, the dogs
1: doing bite work where yeah. they're biting onto the bad guy's arm, uh, the ones with the shorter yeah. hair, those are the Malinois. They, 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 and they just, tend to be a bit darker. Yeah, yeah. yeah they've generally got more black on them, but they sort of look a bit like a very yeah. short-haired German Shepherd. Um, yeah. And they are yeah, exactly. a lot of dog. A lot of dog.
0: I know. I, 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 know, I know some some people Um, have had them become amazing dogs fantastic workers Mm. fantastic but that's it workers like you know to have a family pet as a malinois is is tough and and you really need to know what you're doing um however i thought i would talk a little bit about um my story and my experience with luna and um she's a seven-month-old cocker spaniel um and just kind of my sort of experiences of why having a dog can be hard so luna um she is a seven-month old cocker spaniel as i mentioned and she is wonderful she's glorious i've i've just got to break
1: in to say she is the most gorgeous little dog ever uh, i absolutely adore her
0: she's she is wonderful jay actually uh, with one of my projects um i did an online puppy training course jay actually sat in peer-reviewed and um critiqued my whole footage, over a 100 videos, <laughs> and they all um, had Luna in. So she actually, uh, she has actually met Luna in person as well, because we used to live very near to each other before I moved. Um, uh, but she spent a lot of time seeing her on camera, so... <laughs> I've watched her grow up. Yeah. It's fantastic. She just is gorgeous. <laughs> She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Um, but she has her stuff. <laughs> Don't we all? But... So I had always been told and I was t- I will talk more about separation anxiety because um, there's so much to talk about in another episode. But I'd always been taught that with separation anxiety, it didn't happen. You made your dog have separation anxiety. Puppies couldn't have it because it was through their own experiences. And if you didn't, ex- didn't um, you know, train them to not have separation anxiety, they wouldn't have it. Well, I had a very steep learning curve of knowing and learning that that wasn't the case. Much like Jay had with Finn, sometimes dogs are just built different. And Luna has horrific, crippling separation anxiety. um, To the point where we had got up to 30 minutes in our old house, which was really, really good. I worked really hard. Um, I do the SA Pro method, which is Julie Naismith. She's incredible. I'm a big fan. Um, But... um, we moved and she's regressed back to naught seconds, which apparently is very normal. Um, but it has been hard. I mean, oh my gosh. Having a dog with separation anxiety it just feels impossibly um, restrictive. Um, and you feel like you are entirely um, governed by this thing that you love so much and simultaneously sometimes... All right, it sounds harsh, but verge on hate. I don't. I don't hate her. I love her more than anything in the world. But there's been times where it's affected my mental health so badly. I've really resented. Resented is the right word I'd, I'd use. Um, and there's this expectation again, being a dog trainer or having just anyone—forget we're dog trainers, you know—of having the perfect dog, and it's so much harder. And 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 outside of the essay because as I said I will talk about that in more detail in a separate episode you know puppies my god I very much specialize particularly in the area of puppies um and I was as prepared as it comes and it was brutal it was brutal absolutely because of the sleep deprivation I mean I mean aside from that life got in the way and i ended up having to have three back-to-back surgeries off the back of getting luna which weren't planned so we had an eight-week-old puppy come home with severe anxiety and separation related issues and i was bed bound um on opiates because i'd had some serious surgery so that was it was just a whole recipe for disaster and i got really down and that's sort of actually when i reached out to jay and we formed our friendship because she helped I remember that, that Zoom call, yeah. I was, I cried and I cried and I said, I can't do this. I mean, I even, cause I was like, I said to my other half, Sam, I said, we, I don't think we're the right home from her. Um, you know, I can't, we can't give her what she needs right now. And it just, it just felt impossible. Um, and then I had all this, this guilt of being what I do do as well and feeling like I was a failure, a fraud. And it was just impossible. Um, but having a supportive network, you know, people like Jay, um, a couple of my other friends um, and colleagues have, have got me through it and the support of Sam and my family, you know, it sounds dramatic, <laughs> it sounds dramatic to say they got me through it, but it was hard and I and I had all the tools um, and, I, you know, we, we want to say to you guys, like, you can have all the tools and it can feel impossible, particularly if you've got a dog with behavioural issues and, that aside, puppyhood in itself is relentless the amount of clients I've had say to me I've had children I've had three children and this is harder because you've got something that constantly tries to kill themselves with something but can run really quick and then, and then poo <laughs> <laughs> and throw poo and sleep deprivation into it and it's hell on earth
1: <laughs> I, I think unless you've recently had a puppy because um, Finn's five now but before we got him, I think it had been nine years since we'd last had a puppy. And I'd forgotten, I was in blissful, you know, ignorance of, I just hadn't remembered how hard it was. and. He, oh, you don't, no. you don't. I think they say it's the same with childbirth. You don't sort of, don't Yeah, like literally people
0: end up having another yeah. child thinking, oh, it was all fine. And then you go through the newborn sleepless night phase and think, oh my God, what have we done? You know, he, he, we brought him
1: home and it, you know, it was like the first night was fine because obviously we drove right away across the country from Brighton to Wales to pick him up and back in the same day. So he was shattered that first night and he slept... Pretty much
0: right through. Oh, you always get lulled into a false That's sense, exactly, you, by do by way. Oh, this is going to be so easy. Like, two night, like the first two nights, Luna yeah. was brilliant. And I was like, oh, well, s- snap, we've got this. Brilliant. Smashed it. I know exactly what to do. Come day three, all hell broke yeah. loose. <laughs> yeah, on the third <laughs> night,
1: we had him trying to hang himself by trying to stuff his head out through the crate. Because we had him crated oh my so that he didn't irritate our other dog um yeah he
0: was like trying to force his head out through the bars <laughs> oh my god the thi- the things that they that they put you through like honestly the amount of times i've i've been on the phone to my friends just in tears in absolute tears and having you know it's not just my professional friends I've got my I have an amazing supportive network of friends and family and and the amount of times I was on the phone to them in tears going I can't do this you know I I, it's all too much because as I said three surgeries you know (laughs) mental health took a hit puppy had separation anxiety sleep deprivation it was just all too much and um, I really think it's important to normalize talking about that and that's the whole point of this episode because it is hard um it's it's amazing like I said to Sam the other day I said do you ever regret, regret getting Luna and he went he said no I I like it's impossible for me to love her more than it I do and he's all right cause he goes off to work all day and comes home and <laughs> I've done it all in the day but you know it I love her so much and and I love having her now and I'm so pleased we got through that that hard point and we still have hard points now of course but um, with her separation anxiety but um, we get to enjoy a lot of the good stuff now that she's a bit older and that's the thing with puppies it can feel so relentless like it's just you know they're either biting you chewing something you know Crying because they don't want to go to sleep, yeah. or you know, it's just, it's just constant. It is constant, trying to kill themselves somehow um, or something, you know. And you're just like jumping off things which they can't. And oh, it is it is just relentless. But having having us the support network I did got me got me through it. Um, and you know, Jay's a big part to play in that, um, and a couple of other my professional trainer friends as well. And and yeah, so you know you're not alone. You're totally not alone. It is totally normal to have these feelings and we have these feelings. And in fact, sometimes I think they're heightened doing what we do because we have this self expectation. We have this expectation on us as professionals to have these perfect dogs, which we, as we've said, don't exist. And I think that, you know, it needs to be normalized that dogs are free thinking, um, sentient beings and, it's totally okay that they're not perfect um you know so many of my trainer friends have dogs with severe behavioral issues and it's not because not because they're trainers it's that um i know a lot of them is that's why they've gone into it or you know like with you jay and and learning and becoming very much you know a reactivity specialist um if you will, and and because of all the what you learn about Finn, and it's spurred you on to to write your book on reactivity and and all these things like because of what you went through. Um, so yeah, the takeaways are dogs can be dickheads, um, and that's okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely fine, and it's also absolutely fine if you're okay with some of their dickhead tendencies. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, a good it's point. whatever works. Whatever works for you as a unit You know Like I said earlier There are things that he does That other people don't approve of I don't care Because I'm fine with them mm-hmm.
0: Yeah Oh there he is <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There he is
1: Welcome Making himself known We need he to is. interview
0: him Finn How do you feel as Jay as your mum? <laughs> she doesn't give enough treats I yeah, no. <laughs> can the, that one for yeah, <laughs> uh, But you know I just think as well you know every dog this is really really important as well every dog learns at their own pace and there is no one size fits all with the with with learning you know every person i owner human whatever you know they people learn differently. People like to enjoy different elements of training. Some people put more effort into recall. Other people put more effort into loose lead walking. Others, you know, they just want their dog to do a sit. You know, and that's totally fine. Like, you do not have to have your dog perfect. You you just need to be able to have keep your dog safe and and other people safe. um And what I mean by that is, if letting your dog off lead is important, then yes, you do need to teach good recall. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you don't want your dog to pull you down the street, then yes, you do need to teach loose-lead walking. But, you know, the main thing is, is that you and your dog are, are happy and healthy and safe and all the other stuff, you know, you can work on that. There's trainers, there's, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do. But, you know, putting less pressure on yourself often means you end up doing more than you would have anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um, there's, there are some great things going on in attitudes to dogs and dog training at the moment. And there's, there are some fantastic movements towards doing less in the way of structure training and just concentrating on living life
0: together in a way that works for everybody. Well, I mean, the good guardianship is... is Like, that's his core belief, no? Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely... It's all about
1: how to... I guess a good way to put it is like to how to empower dogs, um, how to it's it's, a lot of it is around things like giving dogs choice in handling and learning to read their communication so that you can tell if they like something, don't like something um, and can actually give them the opportunity to let you know if they don't like particular things
0: yeah and also like i want to stress as well because there's a big misconception with the kind of ethos that you're talking about and what we both believe in Uh, it's not about your dog not having boundaries you know it's not about your dog being able to eat as much food they want or piss off if they want to and not come back because it's not safe you know it's not about not having any boundaries but it's about Enforcing, if you like those boundaries in a way that is kind of ethical and taking into consideration the feelings of the dog and what is how they would enjoy <laughs> in a way you know being communicated with and and it, so it 's not about letting your dog just yeah. run amok and yeah. do whatever they want to do um, it 's about keeping them safe and having them be happy but equally have a say and have a choice in how
1: you get to that point absolutely I always say it's not permissiveness it's harmony it's finding those ways to sort of yeah live and work together
0: yeah I mean I'll give you an example for some reason and you'll know this from working with clients people get really stuck in their head about whether or not the dog's allowed on or off the sofa um so I always say to clients well what do you want yeah do you want the dog on the sofa or do you not if it doesn't bother you, then okay. But if if you kind of would like them on the sofa, but maybe not all the time, teach your dog on off. Teach your dog a settle. Make it cooperative. You know, Luna comes on our sofa, but I've taught her to wait to ask to come up on the sofa, and I've taught her that you know. For example, if we we have TV dinners because we're those people, and um, <laughs> us too. I mean, yeah. Honestly, like I'm thirty one, Sam's thirty four. 34 yeah um but we act like we're 80 um (laughs) with our little tv dinners but you know i reinforced every single time we would come in with our with our lap trays (laughs) um that luna would go in her bed and have something of high value whether it's like a pixie or a chew or just some you know some treats so what happens now Whenever we bring food in, Luna runs to her bed and she stays in her bed the entire time that we eat because I don't want her on the sofa while I'm eating. But that's a way of doing it which is cooperative and you've set boundaries, but not in a way that is... It's not making your dog feel shit in the process. It is the essence of what I'm trying to say. And without without putting a load of trainer terms on it, don't make your dog feel shit. (laughs) You can kind of sum it up
1: as teaching her that there's something better she can do instead yeah. you know, going in her bed and getting something nice is far better than trying to get on the sofa while you're eating and, and you having to continually ask her to get off Yeah. Um, Finn, he, he goes wherever he likes basically um, including if I'm studying on the sofa and I have all my books, he'll come and he'll sit his chin on the books and that's my warning that if I don't move them in 30 seconds he will sit on them so I just move them cause he... but he has a very solid off if I ask him to get off, he will get off no question which is very handy at night because he will try and go to sleep in the middle of my bed. I have to move him out of the way so I can go to sleep. Yeah, Luna likes
0: to sleep. On my actual pillow, I now, because I'm a sucker and wouldn't and to be happy, <laughs> I now sleep without a pillow. Um, but that's cool because I don't really need a pillow. <laughs> that's just me. But see, there, there would be people that would say that what we're doing
1: is really permissive and maybe in some ways it is. But the important things, the things that we really need them to know... They know, and they will. Yeah, you know, when we ask them to do something, they will do it.
0: Yeah, and I think before we finish, it is important to say as well. You know, if you don't want your dog on the bed or the sofa, there's nothing wrong with that. That is totally Absolutely. okay. You know, that is it's your choice at the end of the day. As long as you're doing it in a cooperative way with your dog, and not you know they get up on the sofa and, and they get pushed off, so it hurts them. It's that that's that's all it is. It's how you're teaching yeah. them what what you would like from them, and being you know that's why we're trying to move away from words like owner to guardian because it's just little subtle language choices but we will be talking about that separately in one of our later episodes because we do have an episode lined up to talk about language choice um but to finish I just most important thing is I hope if you have listened to this that you feel a little bit more understood you feel a little bit less like you're alone because you're not and the dogs can be dicks um, <laughs> but we love them we, and we love them so much. And it is all worth it in the end. It, it just might not feel like that in the process. But, you know, it's normal. It's expected even. And you will come out of the other side. And if, if you have listened to this and you feel like it's helped you or it's resonated with you. Reach out to us. Let us know. We we love to hear that. We love to hear that you know that. Um, well, we will love to hear that you you are enjoying these. And if you have any kind of topics or anything that you'd love for us to hear us talk about, then then and please do let us know. So yeah, if there's
1: anything that yeah you feel you need to reach out to either of us, that's absolutely fine. If there's anything that you want more information on or for us to expand on in a future episode absolutely shout out we would love to hear what you want to hear about you can get in contact with either of us through our various channels uh, to get hold of me you can either go to Facebook with at Blue Minion or the website goodguardianship.com
0: yes and you can find me at Canine Friends UK that is on Instagram Facebook and TikTok and my website is canine-friends.com where you can see all of my services and things that I offer for clients We really hope you enjoyed today's episode and we really look forward to our topic next week where we've got an amazing guest on. Tune in next week to find out what it's about.